We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association ND. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the RotoWire NFL DFS podcast for week 15. I am Scott Jensted. We do have a surprise, fantastic guest tonight. Instead of Vlad Sedler, who's out this week, I am joined by my baseball podcast uh, partner, Jeff Erickson. Uh, if you could please rate or review the podcast, we'd greatly appreciate that. It means a lot. Uh, if you do enjoy us uh, listening to us every week, you can uh, rate and review. If we do it on iTunes or Stitcher, wherever it may be, we'd greatly appreciate that. It means a lot to the podcast. If you want to follow us on Twitter, I am at Scott Jenstead. Jenstead is J-E-N-S-T-A-D. Jeff is at Jeff underscore Erickson, E-R-I-C-K-S-O-N. Had to think about that a second. It's been a while. Uh, Jeff, how are you? <laughs> I'm well. I, I, surprise, maybe. Fantastic. I'm not so sure. We'll see when it, at least it comes to football DFS talk. But we'll, we'll give it a go. I had a good week last week, so at least I've got, like, in my mind, I've got quasi-cred. Well, nice, and uh, I, I should note that we are sponsored by Fandle, so we do appreciate that. Uh, what is your what is your football DFS uh, pedigree? Do you, do you play a lot? Do you play every week? Uh, how often do you play? I know you you write the value meter for the site, which is obviously a, you know a really good a really good read every week, and obviously helps a lot for DFS. But uh, are you an, are you an every week player? How uh, what's your profile? I play every week, but I'm small time. Okay, I'm very small time. I dabble. Uh, I mean, I'm in seven. I was in 17 season-long leagues. It's tough to put yeah. the appropriate amount of effort and time into building good DFS lineups. Every once in a while, it works. Sometimes, the less time I spend, the better. Uh, I the Stoke, the law firm league we do uh, that you're in. Um, there's a DFS component, and I won it last week after throwing something together. It's on Yahoo, so it's a little bit different. But uh, I was all I was all over Jordan Howard last week, and that that served me quite well. So I had that going for me, and then. 
I lucked out because Jamal Williams was the flex I could afford, and that really, really worked out too. Yeah, Jordan Howard was a great call. I was on him the week before against the 49ers, was not really on him last week. And, uh, you know, when I looked at the when I looked at the winning lineups uh, on FanDuel, guys who really won a lot of money, I, I had a lot of those guys targeted. We, uh, we mentioned a lot of guys on the pod. We, we actually had a lot of good calls last week, but Jordan Howard is one I totally missed. I was uh, I was way off on that one. Didn't uh, didn't really like what I saw from him in the games before that, but uh, that was a great call by you then. Well, and the good news, because he had those terrible games the weeks before, he no one no one no one was on him, so yep. it was nice. I, you know, I, I had him by myself, at least in this contest with thirteen of us. So that that certainly was handy. Uh, so I, I took advantage of that. But yeah, uh, and sometimes that that thing. And the thing is, the Bengals had seven starters on defense out. Um, and their offense is terrible. It was, it, and it played right into Chicago's wheelhouse. They want to run the ball. They and if you're going to have the ball the whole time, it's perfect. And if you, they can't, no Vonta is perfect in particular. No Geno Atkins was a big deal. Uh, no Adam Jones in this one. They, everything was kind of just lining up perfectly for that one there. So the trick is maybe trying to find that again. Plus the other and the other difference is on this platform we could use the Sunday night game, which meant I had Ben and Brown. Too, which was handy. That was a that was a that was a sort of useful right there. Uh, Antonio Brown obviously went off. We'll talk about him later. But I tell you what, the Steelers right now. I mean, Roethlisberger looked a little bit dead early on. He even made a comment that you know I'm not sure I have it anymore. And he's been balling out the last five weeks. Him and Brown and Bell together. I mean, those three guys just uh, crazy. And they play the Patriots this week. We got a huge over under in that game. We'll hit that game last. It's uh, you know the highest over under on the slate. But uh, that should be a fun one. Yeah, and it's available on the main slate everywhere. So uh, that's also you know pretty nice to have too. Yeah, interesting slate this week as as we start week fifteen. Uh, Jeff and I will be discussing the main slate uh, on Fanduel. Uh, we lose a Thursday game this week as we do every week. That's Denver at Indy. No loss there. I uh, know not going to be many plays in that game. But there's actually two Saturday games this week. Obviously, no college football at the moment. Um, so we lose Chicago, Detroit, and the Chargers and the Chiefs on Saturday. And then uh, Fanduel is doing their uh, their their second chance championship. So they they're not using the Sunday game. And obviously Monday's out also. So only eleven games on the main slate. Uh, makes it so uh, you've really got to pick pretty well. It won't be quite as uh, separated percentage-wise, but uh, interesting uh, Interesting that we lose five games, but it should uh, should still be a pretty good one with 11 games. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, yeah, I, I've put together my, you know, tentative lineup as, as, as far as that goes. And, yeah, the only, you know, it, it's a bummer not to have the Monday night game. The, the Sunday night game, if I recall correctly, that one doesn't really bother me as much. Yeah, that's, uh, that, that's that, Dallas and Oakland, but Atlanta-Tampa Bay on Monday should be a lot of fireworks. I especially like the Atlanta offense a lot that game. But both those teams have this unrelenting capacity to disappoint us, too. So oh, maybe it right. saves us from ourselves, too. Yeah. So, all right, well, let's jump into the uh, the Week 15 uh, main slate. First game we have, actually, uh, no line in the game, waiting on Tyrod Taylor. Miami, surprise winners against the Patriots uh, on Monday night. Head up to Buffalo, where uh, the interesting game last week with all the snow is actually really fun to watch. Snow in HD is a, is a, is a fun thing in the NFL. Uh, starting with the Dolphins, anybody that jumps out to you on the Dolphins side, anybody that uh, you'll be playing for Miami? Well, I think you have to make that question: Do you Kenyon Drake it or not? Yeah, uh, that's true. Yeah, I mean, it starts right there. I mean, he's had two monster weeks in a row. Uh, he's got the, the the share of targets. He's got fresh legs. That's a big deal. Uh, this time of year, getting a guy that ha- you know hasn't taken the pounding all year, he looks great. I mean, he, he was running great against the Pats, running great against the Broncos, who are first against the run for crying out loud. Uh, this this really shapes up as a pretty good thing, and he, and he can catch passes too. 
five for 79 last week against the Pats uh, on Monday night game. So, yeah, uh, we'll see what the weather brings for that that game. But running backs do fine in snow. So, yeah, Buffalo gave up 130 yards to Frank Gore. I'll, give me some credit. Yeah, Kenyon Drake. He, at 6,500, that's salary relief, too. Yeah, I thought they were going to bump him up a little bit more uh, to uh, to maybe in the 7,000 range. But at 6,500, got to think he's still a popular play. But uh, props to you mentioned Frank Gore last week. 36 carries for the for the old guy. That was impressive. Yeah, and uh, granted, it was 3.6 yards per carry. <laughs> yeah, details. Uh, but still. Yeah, still. And, and there's the, two guys in his – I'm sorry, go ahead. And, uh, and the, the Bills gave up 170 yards on 27 carries to Deion Lewis and Rex Burkhead the week before. So it wasn't just last week they got thrashed. It's been back-to-back weeks. The Bills have really struggled stopping the run. That's right. So, yeah, and, you know, there, there's two guys in that price range I really like at running back. Uh, we'll talk about another one later. Um, and I think I might use both of them just so I can afford the high-priced talent elsewhere later on. Is that such a tease? That is a that is an excellent tease. That was a, that was very well done. That's why I said that you're fantastic. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. What about uh, the Miami passing game? Any interest at all? I mean, I just I just don't trust Jay Cutler. He looked pretty good last week against the against the Patriots, but you know Jarvis Landry's the main guy. He's seventy one hundred. Um, a little bit uh, a little bit less of a target guy the last couple weeks. So you know through eleven weeks he had uh, double digit targets all but two weeks, and then the last three weeks have been under double digit targets. They're kind of moving the ball around a little bit more. Uh, Kenny Stills is a little more involved. The Bills pasty is uh, you know been better the last three weeks. You can kind of toss out last week because Indy didn't throw the ball at all, but. I'm kind of staying away from the Miami Pass offense. Maybe, maybe check the weather, but probably not where I'm going to be going in DFS this week. I don't have – yeah, I, I will not touch Devontae Parker in DFS and probably season long for a long, 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 long time. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I've over-invested him in the past, and it, it's time to move on, and especially at, on the road at Buffalo. No thanks, I'll pass. Yeah, I'm in the same boat on Parker. Someone that I loved uh, coming into last season, coming to this season, and I, I think I've finally been able to quit him. Uh, what about uh, what about the Bills side of the ball? LaShawn McCoy was really good in the snow last week. Uh, had the late touchdown in overtime that really kind of solidified his his great day. Interesting stat on him. You know, he's just so much better at home, and they're home in this game. 120 total yards uh, per game at home versus only 78 on the road. He has over 90 yards three of his last four weeks. I would prefer that Tyrod Taylor plays um, for him, but you know, he's just so good that. I think as long as they give him the ball enough, you got to think that the stats are going to be there. Yeah, he, you know, he had a missing practice uh, on Wednesday or limited at one in practice, missed practice time the week before. Obviously, it didn't matter so much. Yeah, you know volume's going to be there. That That's a good thing. Um, there, he, he has had some stinkers. One of them was a home game against the Saints. If you recall, 8 for 49 on that one. That was a game flow issue, though. That wasn't right. hit a performance issue. Obviously, the yards per carry were fine. In that one there, but once they fell behind, it just got ugly there on that one there. As opposed to the Chargers game where he still ate despite them falling way behind early. So, um, yeah, it, it it's interesting. Yeah, he, he is much better at home. Uh, he's definitely and, and Miami is a, a defense that you can't exploit. So yeah, kind of interested. Yeah, he he is priced up there among the elite guys. He's he's eighty five hundred. So you know you're gonna have to pay to uh, you know to pay to play him. Uh, what about the Bills' defense? Uh, I always like going against Jay Cutler, but um, you know they've only forced uh, two turnovers the last four weeks total. 
Um, only seven sacks total the last four weeks. Uh, I kind of liked the Bills D when I first looked, but then I looked a little bit closer. I didn't like him as much. But I don't know. Jay Cutler always uh, always has that uh, ability to throw a pick six, uh, especially in the second half. Miami had thrown multiple interceptions three weeks in a row, but they kind of they cleaned it up last week against New England. It's hard to hard to tell exactly what happened in that game. It was such an aberration of a game. But uh, what about the Bills D at forty nine hundred on Fanduel? Meh. Yeah. When's the last time they did anything? Um, it's been a while. Yeah, they're one of the worst pass rushes in the in the game. They had three sacks against the Pats a couple weeks ago, but for the most part, I'm just underwhelmed. And they're the they're the third one. For three hundred dollars less, maybe you want to you know care about ownership. I'm not going to be that clever. I'm not that. I'm not the ownership whisperer. I'm just going to go with the defense. I think is going to do better. I uh, I love the Saints in that game. I'm I'm a little bit worried that uh, you know you and I uh, might not be the only people that love the Saints in that game. But uh, with defenses, like you said, I, yeah. I don't really worry about percentages too much. I'm going to play the best one that I that I can at least for the price. And uh, we will we'll get to the Saints game in one second. We'll talk about them. But um, Baltimore at Cleveland, kind of an interesting game. Uh, Baltimore's favored by seven. Over under of only forty in this game. Uh, really, uh, you know, anticipated to be a low scoring game. Obviously, with Cleveland involved, uh, no surprise there. But Alex Collins is the guy that I want to talk about. 6,600 on FanDuel. He has been <laughs> killing it. He scored in four straight weeks, five touchdowns in that span. And not only that, but he passed the eye test in a big way against the Steelers. He looked really good in that game. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this line is off. I, I think the over-under in particular is off. I don't know about the weather and this one. That might be the one thing that's limiting, but I love Collins. We teased it earlier. That's the other guy in this price range that I like. 6,600. Drake, 6,500. You get these two guys and you can afford pretty much anything else you want. And, you know, that that's that's always handy. Now, maybe you want to get one of the Saints backs. You want to pay up for that or you want to pay up for McCoy or you want to pay up for Bell. And I get that. Um, and but it, it, the, in my initial building of a lineup, I like going Collins and Drake. And I just I think the usage is going to be there for Collins. I mean, he's been so good lately. Yeah, and the Cleveland run D was really good early on, but just kind of sputtering late. Jamal Williams scored twice last week on 118 total yards. And then Joe Mixon and Leonard Fournette both had 100-plus yards rushing in weeks 11 and 12. Um, their, their fan duel points per game on defense to running backs, which is really good early on, is now kind of middle of the pack. So... They've really struggled lately. I think that Alex Collins would be pretty popular at 6,600. Consistent volume, 15-plus carries, four straight weeks. You know, not playing a ton of snaps, but when he's in there, they're giving him the ball. Yeah, and the, 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 of course the concern is goal line uh, that, you know, Buck Allen could take away from him. But he scored five touchdowns the last four weeks. Uh, Woodhead's back. That means he gets fewer targets. I get, and that, that, that serves to limit him, but at least it's a half-point PPR, not a full-point PPR anyhow. So, um, yeah, right now my initial lineup has Drake and Collins. Think the uh, Seahawks run game could use Alex Collins right about now? <laughs> I, I think they could use an intervention, but you know, the thing <laughs> is Mike Davis actually ran pretty well until he got he hurt. Did. His he looked good. Wait. Yeah. Um, what about, uh, what about the Ravens defense? They are 5,000. Um, always interesting to go in defense against Cleveland. Deshaun Kaiser, uh, tends to like to throw the ball around, make some mistakes. Um, they had six sacks the last two weeks. They had three turnovers, three straight weeks before last week when Pittsburgh uh, ran over them for you know 545 yards or whatever the heck it was. They uh, they went crazy on them. Um, they forced Cleveland into five turnovers and they played week two. Cleveland's allowed 14 sacks the last four weeks. At 5,000, is, is Baltimore defense you're going to be interested in? I typically don't pay up uh, 
and that might be a flaw in my game. It's tempting. It is tempting. And it's not just a home road split for them either. The Green Bay game on the road was a monstrous game for them. Uh, but that said, I, you know, I'm worried. No Jimmy Smith. That's a big loss for them. It now is. that Cleveland has yes. Gordon and Coleman healthy, that's, you know, Kaiser has more to work with than he ever has before. He, he does Kaiser things himself. He's, he's become a verb, you know, just, <laughs> and then that's always a concern. So I, I, I might, if I can finesse it, but right now I'd rather pay down. I actually think, I think this 40, this over under line of 40, 40 and a half is too low on both sides. Uh, I, I mean, I, I think that, you know, Baltimore's game, you know, offense has been really good the last two weeks and they're facing a, a pass defense that's really pretty poor and Collins is running great. And I think, you know, Cle- I think Baltimore's exploitable too. Now, I, I think it's going to have to be through the air and not through the pat through the running game. So that'll be maybe a little tough for, for Cleveland to be able to accomplish. But, you know, I could see I could get behind using a Josh Gordon lineup, too, or a Corey. I actually have Corey Coleman going right now at fifty nine hundred. Save a bit of money. Yeah, I mean, Josh Gordon was interesting. I mean, last week, everybody loved him at sixty seven hundred. I think he was. Then he puts up three catches, for 69 yards in like the first 20 minutes of the game. And then no more catches after that. He just missed a couple big ones. He got interfered on one play. They didn't call it, but it looked like he got taken down a little bit. And then one of one play, he got kind of tripped up. They tangled feet. Would have mm-hmm. been another big gainer. But the targets were down from they really forced the ball, forcing the ball the first game. They had 11 targets down to six. But Baltimore's given up uh, a 90-yard wide receiver four weeks in a row. I was surprised that uh, wide receivers have been doing so well against Baltimore. Uh, Corey Coleman's interesting. That's uh, a little bit of a, a move off of Gordon. Uh, Fifty nine hundred. I like that too. Yeah, and again, it makes everything fit for me. Very nice. Anybody else in this game? I mean, you mentioned that you think the over under is uh, maybe a little bit low. Is there any any kind of sneaky guys you like in this game that maybe a little off the radar? Get up, get down, and joke who's not a joke in this town. Uh, now, I I'd like to. See, I, I, you know, he's hurt, so it's kind of hard. Uh, he's got a he's limited practice the foot and uh, wrist, but. You know, quietly, they, they've tried to use them a little bit more. Last week, it didn't work out. The week before against the Chargers, it definitely worked out against Cincinnati. It was 4 for 47. You can kind of see that he's getting a little better each week, but this is probably not a good week for him. Yeah, I saw that too, and I actually picked him up in a league that we played together last week, and it uh, it did not work out well for me. Oh, stake league, huh? I did. I added him in the stake league. I uh, I forget who I, I forget who I had a tight end. It was someone that was not doing well. But uh, I kind of liked the way Nijoku was coming on, and then uh, just did nothing against Green Bay. One catch for three yards was uh, was not useful as uh, as you passed me in that league. You had a big week. That I did, my friend. Uh, One hundred thirty-five points, I think, or something like that. Yeah, which is good. So it, it enhances my chances of eating and not buying. So there, there that there's is, that. Uh, that is always key. That's that's very important there. Uh, moving on to the next game, uh, one that would be interesting to you. You are a fan of the Cincinnati Bengals, for anybody who doesn't know that. They are headed up north to uh, Minnesota to play the Vikings. Minnesota, big favorite in this game, 10.5-point favorite, over under of 42. Uh, start with your side of the ball with the Bengals. Anybody that you're interested in playing uh, on, on that side of the ball of offense? Negative. Abandon all hope. Ye who enter here. <laughs> is, uh, is Joe Mixon going to play? I don't think so. Didn't practice today. Uh, I, you know, concussion protocols are tricky, so I, I don't know for sure. But the Bengals have all sorts of injuries uh, right now, and you know, what, not just Mixon, but, but 
you know, for that matter, Gio Bernard was limited today, too, with a knee injury. He'll be available. I'm sure he'll play, but I mean, they're, you know, no Jeremy Hill. Tyler Croft has a bad hamstring. Uh, it's just this team is a big mess, and their offensive line still terrible, uh, and the defense is just awful, too. So that means that the, there's going to be all this pressure on the offense. I feel like they're, they're going to be playing catch-up the whole game, and that means that takes away the run anyhow. Not that you can run against Minnesota, Jonathan Stewart notwithstanding. I, I just think this is all sets up pretty poorly. I think Minnesota dominates on both sides of the ball on Sunday. Do you think that sets up well at all for, for Bernard uh, catching balls out of the backfield in the second half and if they have a big uh, deficit? I mean, last week he had eight targets, six catches, 68 yards, ran the ball well too, 11 carries for 62 yards. He was popular last week at 5,100, jumped up to 5,900 this week, will be less popular obviously at Minnesota. Any interest in him at all? No, I just I just don't think anything's going to work for him. Um, and this may be a self-hating Bengals fan moment here for me. So take that take that with appropriate grain of salt. But uh, you know, and uh, you're going to really have to watch the the injury reports on him too. Don't like seeing a guy that's a little banged up. You know, on on my you know, I've got a couple other guys that are already in that status as it is. But uh, yeah, I, I I don't think so. I'd prefer Jarek McKinnon in the same game. But even though he's got a shoulder, we have to watch out for too. Yeah, I mean, you look at the Minnesota side of the ball, and I looked at McKinnon, too, at 5,900, but I was a little worried about the, his touches have been dropping. He had 19, then 14, then 14, only nine touches last week. Did run it well at seven yeah. carries, 46 yards, but I just worry about volume. Uh, you know, if they get up in this game, uh, you know, I guess he's going to run the ball, but it might be more Latavius Murray if, they, if they're kind of milking away a lead. Um, I just I just don't know what's going to happen with, uh, with the, the kind of the sharing of the carries in Minnesota. That, that's, a fair, that's actually a very fair concern. Um, and it might be that, and I think maybe Murray gets more touches than McKinnon too. Uh, I'll say this though. I do like the Minnesota, I like Minnesota shares this week. I want to find ways to get Minnesota involved because keep in mind their last two games at Atlanta, at Carolina, those are tough matchups. They, you know, it, it takes away how good they've been over the course of the season. I think we kind of forget that and how good Keenum has been at home. I think that Minnesota just rolls in this game. I think they win by 20. And maybe you, and I, usually in that case, you want to have a running back involved because it means they're going to be uh, they're going to be running the ball successfully. So maybe I'm on Murray a little bit. Maybe maybe that's the answer. Uh, at 6,200, that's not much more than McKinnon anyhow. What about uh, what about the Minnesota pass game? I mean, I love Keenum. I love Adam Thielen. Obviously, you know those are pretty obvious there. Yep. You know Thielen had a nice bounce back last week. Six catches for 105 yards and a touchdown on 13 targets. 89 plus yards in five of his last six with four touchdowns. Had that one down game, and that's pretty much about it eight targets and 10 of his last 11 games. I guess the question is with what you've said about um, them being up by 20, you think it's going to happen. Do you think they'll throw enough to make him uh, worth the 7,600 price tag? Yeah, probably early on. No Adam Jones. He's out for the year. They, Drake Kirkpatrick uh, looks like he's going to emerge from the concussion protocol. So that helps a little bit for the Bengals, although he did not practice, but I had heard that it had been good news. Darquez Denard's got a knee issue. That's another corner that's hurt. Their safeties are hurt right now. The, I mean, the, Mitch Trubisky carved him up last week, and he's still that Mitch Trubisky. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You had something. You look at Cincy the last six weeks, and they you know they allowed two hundred fifty plus passing yards in all six of those games, only six touchdowns. But then you look closer at those six games: Trubisky, Kaiser, Osweiler, Mariota, and Bortles all over two hundred fifty plus passing yards. That's wild. Yeah. Somebody named Clayton Fajadelium uh, played 57 snaps at safety last week. Um, yeah, it's Sean Williams was out as another starting safety. So the fact is, a lot of guys are getting pressed into duty. 
Uh, and it doesn't look like Burfecht's going to be back this week. That's a big miss for the Bengals. I, I just, I really think that Minnesota is going to move the ball at will. What about uh, what about the Vikings defense? Uh, having said all that, forty eight hundred, uh, they they sure. only had two sacks and a, and a turnover total the last two weeks. They've really been not, not doing a lot fantasy wise. But you got to think Dalton's going to have to throw the ball a lot in the second half. Good game script, big favorite at home. Uh, you know, against a quarterback who might make some mistakes. Uh, Cincinnati had a couple turnovers last week. They've been really holding on to the ball well before that, but uh, for three weeks with no turnovers. But I don't know. Minnesota might be an interesting defense at 4,800. Everybody's going to be on the Saints. I think a lot of people will be on Baltimore also. It might be an interesting uh, interesting play there with a lot of people playing them. Of course, absolutely. Uh, Bengals have an implied total of 15.75, at least according to Rotowire's odds page. Boy. You go to uh, rotowire.com, uh, rotowire.com slash free if you don't already subscribe to Rotowire. Uh, go to the football page, and there's an NFL NFL odds page. It's cool. You got the odds of the game, the implied totals, the over-unders, all this. Um, and I use that. I use that a lot. I think it's a, a helpful tool. And Bengals are one of the lowest ones out there. They're not the lowest. Houston Texans are the lowest. But still, there's a lot of projected mismatches, and this is definitely like high on the list. I, I think that, yeah, you know, and the Bengals can't pass block. So that means sacks for Minnesota, too. So yeah, you, you I like always, that. Uh, always like to get a floor of sacks. You know, you never know, uh, never know if you get the pick six or the the kick return. But if you can get a, a nice floor of, uh, you know, four or five sacks in there, it suddenly makes your defense uh, look a lot better really quickly. Yep. Uh, what about uh, Kyle Rudolph, uh, Vikings tight end? Kind of a, you know, Jimmy Graham light has four touchdowns the last three weeks. Uh, only 14 targets in those games, but they're really using him in the red zone, looking to him uh, when they get inside the 20. He hasn't topped 65 yards, super TD reliant. He's up to 6,000. I think he's a little too TD reliant for me, but uh, has been hot lately. Yeah, but there's a phrase that you haven't mentioned yet, and that's walking boot. Uh, He was Uh, in a walking boot after the game uh, with an ankle injury, did not practice on Wednesday. Why take the chance? Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty significant, walking boot at this point, especially when they have a, a really good record. And a ten and a half point favorite. Again, I think they they may may not push him, but um, I like Case Keenum a lot in this game. Summing it up, uh, probably my favorite mid range quarterback on Fanduel. He's seventy four hundred. I think I'm going to be running yeah. him out. Uh, I'm running him out there in a pretty good amount of teams. How many lineups do you put together in a given week? Um, I usually do. Uh, you know, it kind of depends on how much I play, but I usually do two kind of uh, you know more higher up in the money uh, lineups, and then I'll do maybe four or five in kind of the lower GPPs. And I'll put, I'll put my two higher ones up in the, those are my double up lineups and cash lineups. I'll also put them in GPPs. And then I'll play about, you know, probably four or five would be like the total I do. Uh, I'm not a huge, uh, huge 150 lineup guy, but uh, yeah, four or five is about right. Yeah. And I can understand. I mean, there's, we, we've already talked about guys we like already. Um, right. And we, we've mentioned four running backs that we don't want to be on. And we've only gone through three games. So, or, yeah. or four it's, games basically so yeah and my problem sometimes is i try i spread them out too much rather than kind of developing a core and i've been trying to get a little bit better about you know finding the guys i really like most and then kind of building around those and you know mixing and matching some cheap guys or you know mixing and matching a couple expensive guys and trying to hit on one of them but uh, i'm trying to get more of a core and not not spread out my teams quite as much yeah that makes a lot of sense and of course, that requires a certain amount of bankroll. And late in the season, you know, if you, you know, maybe you're doing great. If you're doing well, then that's not a problem. And you want to take advantage of it because people that have been bounced out of their season-long leagues were like, well, they need some action. Let's go play some DFS. You know, maybe they're not as, you know, experienced DFS players. It's a good time to be be active, I would think. 
Yeah, these are these are fun DFS weeks. Uh, you know, a lot of people, uh, like you said, jump out of their fancy season long playoffs and want uh, want to play. So these are these are fun weeks. Uh, next game we have is the the Jets going to New Orleans. New Orleans is a gigantic favorite in this game. They are fifteen point favorites. Obviously, Josh McCown is out for the Jets, so we're gonna get a lot of Bryce Petty action in this game. Um, I'm pretty much staying away from the Jets offense. Nobody I really want here. I looked at Robbie Anderson and Jermaine Curse, but I just can't trust Bryce Petty. And they're priced, uh, they're priced as if McCown's playing. Anderson's 7,800. Uh, I'm, I'm not touching the Jets offense in this game. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Not even coming close to touching it. There's, why bother? Why bother? I, I, totally, uh, I totally agree. It's just there's, it makes no sense to, to, to until we see what Petty can do a little bit. But what do you do with New Orleans then? Huge favorites. You know, Drew Brees is... It's one of those things. Drew Brees isn't playing well real football-wise, but just not doing it uh, fantasy-wise because they're reliant on the running game, especially in the red zone. He has one three-touchdown game all year long. Exactly. I mean, I think you made the case already. But even if you didn't, he's still the third, the fourth most expensive quarterback out there. Yep. You know, why pay 84 for Brees when you can get Roethlisberger for 8000 I just yeah, I, Brees I has can't been, justify uh, Brees him in a top eight quarterback twice all year. Last year he was a top eight nine times. But, you know, it's frustrating because he, he's playing well. You can see that it's all there. But just the way the game flows, they slow it down. They have Ingram and Kamara. Kamara will be back off the concussion. Um, do you have a preference between the Saints uh, running backs? Are you planning on playing either of them? Uh, what do you do with these guys this week? Yeah, I'll have a lineup with Ingram. Uh, I, I think that this is a good Ingram week. I think they'll want, you know – it's unlike other injuries with a concussion, you're either playing or you're not usually, but considering this is supposed to be a blowout game, I could see them being very cautious with Kamara this week. If they get out to a lead early on, just feed Ingram, make it an Ingram game. Uh, I, I, I could see it being a lot like the Buffalo game or the Washington game the week after where he just, you know, he, he's getting a good set of good series of volume. Uh, I, I like him a lot this week. Yeah, I, I'm in agreeing, agreement with you there. Uh, he's also 800 less than Kamara, which I like. I just, like you said, I agree on Kamara. I just, I think that, you know, he's going to play, but if they get up 17 and there's just no reason to push him, you might as well give him, uh, you know, a little bit of a kind of a slow ease into the uh, back into work uh, kind of game. There's no point in pushing him. They have such a good record. I'm with you on Ingram. 8,300. I'm a little bit worried they don't use him as much as they have. He has under 15 carries four weeks in a row, but I think that changes this week with a big lead in Kamara, you know, kind of getting eased back in. Right. Uh, now, what what do you think about Michael Thomas? I know that we're not big on Breeze. Thomas just is coming off hit, like his best game of the year, basically. But if the, the game flow might not work in his favor. If they're playing with a lead, like we expect them to, this could be a running game. I, I think... At 8,100, he's too expensive again. I don't think I'd, I'd I'd rather save the money, you know, save the money and pay like on Thielen or something like that, and use the extra $500 to apply to you know better quarterback or a better running back. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I mean, Thomas has been you know quietly really good, 65 plus yards in eight of his last nine games. He scored the last couple of weeks, but. He's been getting hurt by the fact that the Saints don't, you know, throw the ball inside the 10 like they used to all the time to, to get touchdowns. And at 8,100, I think there's just other receivers I'm going to like more. In a game with a 15-point spread, I would just hate to pay 8,100 and watch him watch them not throw the ball the whole second half. Right, right. Um, now, the the one thing, you know, the one I got, the thing I really want is the, the Saints defense. That's where I, you know, I think Lattimore is going to be healthier this week. Uh, they're at home. 
against Petty. I mean, I, I think this all, you know, I think this is all lines up really well. Yeah, that defense just plays at another speed when they're at home. They get uh, they get riled up by that crowd, and they play they play much better at home. You know, big favorite at home. You're gonna have Bryce Petty throwing the ball out in the second half. Gotta like the chances of getting a, a big mistake or two there. They picked Matt Ryan three times last week too, so it's not like uh, not like they haven't been playing well. Um, Denver sacked the Jets four times last week. Uh, FanDuel defenses have scored 14 plus points on the Jets three of the last four weeks, so uh, it all lines up really well. They're cheap. They're 4600. Again, the only concern I have is that I think everybody in the world might be playing them this week. Yeah. Uh, so is, in cash games, does that even matter, though? No, I, I, I think they're at 4,600. They're, they're definitely my defense in cash. Yeah. Uh, what about uh, Will Lutz? Do you use him, use him as your kicker? Yeah. Do you I like mean, to I pair always, defense? Yeah, I do. I, I like to pair defense and kicker, but uh, I just like indoor kickers, especially this time of year. I almost I almost always avoid outdoor kickers unless you you know charges a Rams kicker maybe. But um, I try and avoid mm-hmm. weather with kickers. Kind of the only place that I really play weather, unless the unless it's super windy or something like that. Uh, yeah, I think Lutz is a Lutz is a solid uh, solid play this week. What a Lutz! Yeah, <laughs> he's the second most expensive kicker. That that might be one one way reason to dissuade you from using him. Considering he's more expensive than Justin Tucker, for instance, or Goskowski, or Boswell. Um, yeah, I tend not that, to not to be above five thousand on kickers unless I find a weird lineup where I, I love so many cheap guys that I have some extra money there. But I usually try uh-huh. and play in the in the forty six to forty eight hundred and, and find an indoor kicker. So I probably won't have lots of fifty two hundred in very many spots, but I, I do like him. I think he's a good play. I just probably a little pricey for me this week. Yeah, I, I have a. A minimum price kicker I like a lot too, so we'll talk about that later on. A hint, you bring it's a late bring, in, bring in kicker intel to the to the mix. I like it. Yeah, yeah. You do what you can. Get a try. As, lo- as long as it's not Zane Gonzalez, we're good. No, it's not. <laughs> uh, NFC East matchup is next. Uh, the, the Eagles, uh, sadly, without Carson Wentz, horrible injury. I am not an Eagles fan, <sighs> but uh, them never winning the Super Bowl. Wentz is so fun to watch. Uh, I just. I, that one really hurt me. I was I was really bummed after watching that game. Oh yeah, absolutely. And the game was so good too. It was prior to that injury, and it kind of just devolved into the muck after that. Yeah, they uh, they they faced the Giants this week in New York. They are a seven and a half point favorite. Um, kind of an ugly game all of a sudden though. You take you take Wentz out of the mix. The over under is only forty and a half. Uh, on the on the Giants side of the ball, start uh, start there. Um, you know, Evan Ingram, Sterling Shepard are both sixty three hundred. Anybody that you're going to play on the Giants side, you know, Philadelphia is tough to throw against. Uh, they're playing really well on defense. Are you going to mess with the Giants offense at all with Eli? Nope. Yeah, I think I'm kind of the same way. I like Sterling Shepard a little bit, but I just think at 6,300, there's other receivers I like in that range more. Um, he didn't uh, play a lot of snaps last week, but wasn't really involved. Only had uh, three targets, I think it was. Um, I just I just think I can go elsewhere and find guys I like that aren't on the Giants offense. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah, I, 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 there's no way, uh, I'm going there. Um, I just have no interest at all. What about Philly though? We've got Nick Foles stepping in, you know, obviously he had that, uh, had that good run in the past where he, he played really well, but he's 6,000. Are you, are you remotely uh, tempted by that price at all? Yeah, I wrote him down. If I, uh, that's a tournament play for me. Uh, it's not a cash game play. Because I think there's just too much risk involved in, in performance, but at min price, well, min price for quarterback at six thousand, it's in that. That's one thing. Um, I feel like the range isn't that wide on Fanduel. Um, right. Others, you could speak to this more authoritatively than I can, but 
I feel like there's you're not banking in that much savings. Um, and that's the only problem with using him there. But yeah, of course, if I'm looking to save some money and you know pay up for all you know at another position, yeah, I, Foles is an option. Yeah, and, and the Giants' defense is awful. Obviously, Janoris Jenkins is out for the year. Um, so you know, Dak even killed them last week after after all the bad games in a row. He throws three thirty two and three touchdowns. Granted, he had a couple of uh, busted plays. Uh, Des Bryant was a six yard pass that broke fifty, and Rod Smith had a little dump off that broke for eighty five or ninety, whatever it was. But the Giants' defense is, is given up for all intents and purposes. They they they've seemed like they just want to get to the off season. If you do play Foles, though, uh, is there a receiver that you'd pair him up with? Would you go Alshon Jeffrey? Would you go to Ertz? Would you go with Nelson Aguilar? Anybody on the Eagles uh, receivers you like at all? Isn't that just the problem for the Eagles? It is. Uh, it is. That, that, that all season long it's been the problem is trying to identify who's the guy in a given week. If you get it right, great. Torrey Smith went for 100, 100 plus yards last week. Did anybody ha- get on that? I don't think so. Uh, you know, Zach Ertz is the interesting one, but he, a little bit concerning. He's so expensive. He's 7,900 out of the concussion protocol. Um, but the Jets have had, or the Giants have had such huge offense with tight end, issues with tight ends all year long. And now Landon Collins, who's their, their best guy in the second, I may not play too. He's great. I just wonder if he's a little too pricey with, we just don't know what we're going to get from Foles. Right, exactly. Cause maybe Foles has been practicing a lot with Brent Selleck or, you know, or Trey Burton who had a big week last week. I think, you know, obviously he's an obvious season long start. He's tough to justify because I, you know, seventy nine hundred. I mean, yep. he's only six hundred cheaper than Gronk. He's twelve hundred yeah. more than the next tight end. Uh, and yeah, it's tough. Um, then again, trying to be the tight end whisperer this year has been very tricky business. There's like five or six guys that are weekly in the in the zone of trust, and a couple of those, you know, have had some bad games here and there. There's no Kelsey this week, so that's one less reliable tight end that we have available. He's on the Saturday game, so. Yeah, you know, maybe, but I just I'd have a hard time paying up for him. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm kind of the same way there. Any interest in the in the Eagles defense? Uh, multiple sacks in every game, but one so far this year. Yep. Multiple t- turnovers in uh, the last four games. Eli is always susceptible to uh, to mistake, especially late. Yep. I also also think don't overlook JHI. Fifteen carries last week. He's running the ball well with Foles in there. Maybe they need to run the ball a little bit more often. Um, He's kind of got fresh legs because he hasn't been used that heavily this year. This could be a, a pretty good game. The Giants have been gashed by run, running backs lately too, so I think he's a he's in, at sixty one hundred. He's in that sneaky mid tier range. You know, if you're trying to have a little bit of budget there for your running backs, I think he's a very sneaky uh, GPP play this week. Uh, the Giants, like you said, can't stop anybody on the ground. You know, P. Ryan had uh, 100 yards against them, and then Marshawn had 101. And then last week, Rod Smith and Alfred Morris beat them up pretty good. Uh, I think Ajay is really sneaky. If he could get to, you know, 15 to 18 carries, he could be really good this week. For sure. Real quick for the next game, a read from our sponsor, FanDuel. Uh, fantasy football is in full swing, which means FanDuel is in full swing. Uh, FanDuel is fantasy football for everyday fans. No new contests uh, starting every week. No busted seasons here on FanDuel. There's something for everybody. Lots of contests to choose from starting at just $1. Just pick a contest, choose your team, and watch your score in real time. As Jeff mentioned earlier, excellent time to jump in the FanDuel right now. If your season-long team is done or you got eliminated from the playoffs last week, uh, you had a bad beat, something like that, it's time to get in. Uh, you can keep the action going for a few more weeks. Over 2.5 million players have won a prize playing on, ca- on FanDuel. Take advantage of our special offer for new users. Sign up today at FanDuel.com rw 
you'll get a six a free six month RotoWire subscription plus a free entry into the NFL Sunday Million, which offers more than one million in cash prizes, all with your first deposit on FanDuel. Just visit FanDuel.com slash RW Void where prohibited. Uh, next game, we move to the nation's capital. The Cardinals headed to Washington um, over under 43 and a half in this game. Washington minus four and a half. As I sat down and kind of prepped for the podcast, I don't have a really good feel in this game. Two teams that uh, I can't really get a grasp on where they are right now. Oh, you know, it's so funny. Uh, I, I agree with you completely on this one here. When I first was going about doing my rankings, I was like, ooh, Kirk Cousins is at home. Arizona's defense is kind of bad. And, you know, they got Patrick Peterson who's pretty good, but the rest of their past defense, eh. But then you just look at their receiving core. You look at their offensive line. You're like, ugh, so hard to trust. I think Cousins is a really good player. Uh, and I think he's going to do well next year, uh, especially if he hands elsewhere, gets in the right situation. But the situation with the Redskins right now, it, it's pretty toxic. It is. I mean, especially I think the offensive line, like you mentioned, is really hurting him. They've, they've just kind of looked done a disjointed the last few weeks. Uh, he's been outside the top 15 in quarterbacks in five of the last seven weeks. He has under 260 yards three weeks in a row. Awful last mm-hmm. week, 151 yards and a touchdown against the Chargers. Arizona's only allowed one 300-yard passer this year. I just I wanted to like Cousins, too, at home in a game that uh, you know could, uh, could kind of see he get some points. But I just didn't like what I saw when I looked a little deeper on Cousins. I think I'm going to pass. Yeah, I, I think it's kind of like if you have if you're one of those mu- mass multi-entry guys, maybe put a couple cousins lineups in there. But who do you even pair him with? I mean, I, I think you pair him with Jamison Crowder because it's just kind of a target-based play. Thirty-one targets the last four weeks. He'd been over sixty-five yards five games in a row before last week. He kind of stunk it up with only thirty-four yards. But you know, he's sixty-eight hundred for what he does. He's not that cheap and doesn't score a lot of touchdowns. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, maybe Vernon Davis might be the way you pair up with Cousins. Would probably be my best bet. And he's so volatile too, though. I mean, it's tough. He is. It's really tough. I mean, what about some? What about Samaj P. Ryan at sixty-seven hundred? Uh, you know, two poor games after two good ones. Um, kind of volume reliant. Should be a good f- game flow for him as a four and a half point favorite. Uh, you mentioned a couple running backs you like in the mid six hundreds, mid six thousands. Does does P. Ryan compete with those guys, or, or does not no. fit in that mix for you? I can, I can. He's one I can cross off the list. I'd prefer right. Drake or Collins, who are both cheaper. I, I actually prefer Ajay and and uh, Latavius Murray over him. At, at sixty seven, there's not enough discount for me. Uh, I could be wrong, and if I am, so be it. But I don't, I don't think, even think the matchup's all that great against Arizona. Yeah, I just I just don't like a running back where I, I just don't know what you're going to get from the offensive line. They've been injured and kind of all over the place. They've been kind of sputtering overall. What about on the Arizona side? You know, The only guy I really looked closely at was Larry Fitzgerald. He was quiet last week, only 44 yards on five catches. But the targets kind of keep him in the mix. He's averaging nearly 10 per game the last six weeks. Uh, he's meshing pretty well with Blaine Gabbert. Washington allowed 200-yard receivers last week. They've given up uh, 80 yards to six different receivers over the last six weeks. Uh, I think if I play anybody in this game, it might be Larry Fitz off the bad week, maybe a little bit lower ownership than usual at 7,300. Maybe. I could see it. But honestly, uh, I don't love it. I, I mean, the volume is about the only thing that I think that works in his favor. Uh, right. I, it's on the road. Probably draw Josh Norman and, you know, Tyrell Williams is just sitting there laughing, worrying about Josh Norman. But uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, I, I just think that there are 
better investments. Uh, Gabbert missed a wide open fits in the end zone last weekend. That was just awful. I mean, it was an easy touchdown from a you know short touchdown line. You're not going to be a big play, but still, that's six and a half, seven, seven and a half points right there. That's just thrown away because he missed them. And I, I think that the, the the Redskins pass rush is actually going to be a problem for him too. I, I just don't think it's a good week. Yeah, probably a game that uh, I'm probably not going to have much action on. The next one's interesting, though. Uh, The Packers, with uh, Aaron Rodgers back, headed to Carolina. Really good game now that Rodgers is playing. Carolina's a three-point favorite. They were six-and-a-half earlier this week, but once Rodgers got the uh, complete green light, that spread obviously dropped. Um, Aaron Rodgers, I'm surprised. He's 8,500 this week. I don't think I can use that on the road at at, uh, his first game back. It's tough. It's really tough. It is, it is Aaron Rodgers, though. Uh-huh. No doubt. Panthers, no doubt. The Panthers will give up a big play here and there. They will. They'll give up the bomb, which is kind of interesting. Um, so, and obviously, you know, Rodgers is good at throwing it deep as anybody in the game. But the question is, we don't even know how much you know how much strength is he going to have? Does it you know recovering from a collarbone? How does that affect like? Is it just a pain tolerance issue, or does it really affect his mechanics at all? I I, I think there's a lot of unknowns. I I think it's I, again we talked about GPP plays. Sure, throwing a lineup or two with him and Adams, him and him and Nelson, uh, who's been priced up a little bit too, by the way. Uh, for given what he's you know what he's been able to do, I think you, you would think that Nelson would be cheaper than 7,200. But you know, he he and Adams are actually relatively expensive. Yeah, Jordan Nelson was 5,900 last week, and he moved up 1,300 just because uh, A-Rod's back. So what do you do? If you do want to get a piece of this uh, passing game, but A-Rod's a little expensive, uh, do you have a preference between Nelson or Adams? Uh, I'm way more on Adams. I just like the way he's looked. I understand that Nelson plays really well with Rodgers, and he had six touchdowns in the first five weeks. But uh, I just think Devontae Adams, it's not just been Brett Hundley looking at him. I think he's kind of taken over the number one role there, just been a better player. You know, Jordan Nelson's so TD-reliant. Hasn't been over 80 yards in a game all season long. Um, I think I go at the same price. I think I go Adams for sure. Yep, that's that, that's exactly what you said. Everything that I want to say, uh, I'm with you 100 on that one. Yeah, I mean Adams has 57 targets the last six weeks. Uh, you know, obviously he was still good with uh, with Aaron Rodgers. I think I think Devontae Adams is 7,800. One of my one of my favorite mid range receivers. Uh, if if as long as Rodgers is fine and good to go, he's going to throw the ball around. And I, I like getting him at that price. Yeah. I'll be honest, though. I like the Carolina side better, and I like Newton against this uh, Packers defense. I'll, I'll say one more thing. I, you know, Jamal Williams was, you know, did did well for us last week. I don't think this is a good week at all at Carolina, I, I, and he's priced up now at seventy three hundred. So, uh, I, I, I'm not going to invest in the Packers running game at all this week. Yeah, Williams is a pretty good fade for me. I think after two really good weeks. Um, but he's he's another guy that's TD reliant. He hasn't been that good. He's only been over uh, only been over seventy yards rushing in one of those games. He's had a couple big catches that have really helped him out. Uh, you know, obviously he's the guy. He has ninety eight snaps the last two weeks compared to ten for Aaron Jones. Five touchdowns the last three weeks. But priced up at seventy three hundred, I think he's a full fade for me. I think there's other running backs I like more. Yeah, and it's a game flow issue too. This is a game where I think they're facing a pretty competent offense in Carolina. As opposed to Cleveland and Chicago the last two weeks, I just think it's, it's all sets up pretty poorly. All right. Well, sell sell me on Cam. I've seen him on a couple sites as their number one quarterback this week. Uh, I don't see it at 7,900. I know the Packers defense. I get all that. But uh, what uh, what intrigues you about Cam this week? 
Well, like you said, the Packers defense is a good starting point. Yeah. He's running a lot right now. And it's always nice to get that from your quarterback. It's a nice floor to have. Uh, Last, you know, I, you know, the month, the Monday night game against Miami was amazing. Obviously, Uh, you know, the, the new Orleans game could have been better, but could have been, you know, yeah, you, you've got this running floor, and now you face a, a Packers defense that's without two uh, cover guys. Uh, one was already out for the season. The other one tried to play against he, uh, Cleveland and re-injured himself, and now he's done. I, I just think this is the Packers are really a weakened pass defense right now. And I think, you know, Cam comes with some risk, but I think at 7,900, that's cheap enough that you're getting a little bit of a discount for what might be one of the top two or three matchups that you're going to get out there. Yeah. They've allowed nine passing touches last three weeks to, to Kaiser and Winston and, and Roethlisberger combined. But every time I look at it, I just see cam. I see five out of six games under 200 yards passing. And it's so hard to, to hit a big number. If you, if you're so low in the passing numbers, I get the rushing numbers are there. He's running a lot more. He's got over 70 yards in you know, three of his last five games, but I don't know. It, uh, a guy who might throw for 170 yards, I just, I, I really worry about what the upside is there. I get that the Packers' defense is not good at all, and they're banged up, but um, I just think I'm going elsewhere at quarterback. I just, I just don't trust him. Okay, so that'll be your fade. I can appreciate that. Is, that. That. That, is, that is my fade. It's a risky one because the, the Packers are getting thrashed, and I think he'll be pretty popular, but uh, I think I'm going to go elsewhere at quarterback. Okay. Well, and – Right now, I don't have him in a lineup, but I see a pretty good argument in favor of it. That's all. Uh, if you do play him, do you pair him up with Funches at seventy three hundred? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you I, don't, I don't always pair up, but go. Um, but at the same time, I think this is a week where you're, you're you're targeting bad corners. So yeah, I think if you're going the cam route, I think you want to have a receiver going too. Yeah, I've officially just been flat out wrong on Devin Funches. He was a guy that I didn't like. I didn't think he had enough um, enough of the speed to, to to make it as the wide receiver one for them when Benjamin got traded. But he's just been a beast. I mean, last five weeks, at least 59 guards every game, four touchdowns, averaging 17.7 points per game in PPR the last five weeks. And, you know, he scored last week against Xavier Rhodes. It was kind of a broken play that Cam really made the play. But, you know, still, every week he, uh, he does well. And Green Bay's given up – 30 fan duel points per game to wide receivers, the third worst in the NFL. Um, it's hard to get away from Funch at 7,300. I just, uh, I don't love him as a player, but he's just in a, he's in a perfect spot right now. He is. He, he is. Uh, so, I mean, if you're using Cam, I think he is Funches. And I probably don't use any of the running backs. I don't use Olsen for crying out loud. Um, just, there's just way too much risk there. Um, yeah, yeah, that that's that's about it. That's the thing. It's Carolina. This is they keep subtracting options, and they still can't manage to do well. It's, it's a weird paradox. No, uh, no, three more touchdowns for Jonathan Stewart this week. This year, what? <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. I, 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 no. And you know, uh, there I, were people know, flat out dropping my legs. Yeah, it was a, that was a weird game. And Christian McCaffrey, sixty nine hundred this week, just. He's only had 11 touches each of the past two weeks. They've kind of gone away from, you know, dumping off to him eight to ten times a game. The targets are still there a little bit, but he hasn't topped 35 receiving yards the last five games. He's just so touchdown reliant, and I don't think he's priced down enough for me to go there. Oh, I agree. I agree. He's also a fade. Yeah, it uh, it pains me to say that as a as a wonderful Stanford Cardinal former football player, but uh, 
I, uh, I don't think it's going to be any C-Mac for me this week. For sure. For sure. Uh, next game, we've got the Houston Texans visiting Jacksonville. Jacksonville, 10.5-point favorites. Never thought we'd say that this year. Over under this game is 39, so that'll tell you uh, everything you need to know about Houston's implied total. When you're a 10.5-point dog in a 39-over-under game, uh, you're not going to score many points. On the Houston side, the only guy to talk about, I think, is DeAndre Hopkins. He's 8,200. Just a crazy season for the guy. I mean, he gets, he has 40 targets last three weeks. All they do is pretty much throw him the ball every play. I don't think it matters if it's Savage or TJ Yates. He's the he's the guy, the only guy that he has 70 yards or a score in every single game this year. That's that's pretty incredible for a wide receiver. Incredible floor. Uh, you know, he's only had really one bad yardage game. That was Cleveland of all teams, too. Go figure. Where he only had four targets in that game. That, that's such a weird, weird line. Uh, but... That, that's also the last time he's been in single digits and FanDuel points, too. Uh, in fact, he's only had one of those games all year. I mean, incredible Crazy. floor. It really is. But he's got – I mean, this is the matchup. This is the, the Jacksonville pasty that everybody talks about. Um, they've given up one 100-yard game all year. Um, they did allow three wide receiver touchdowns last week and 70-plus yards to all three Seattle receivers. Yeah, all in the fourth quarter, though, too. I mean, yeah, it was, it was it all was kind of like – it was weird, like broken Russell Wilson being ridiculous plays also. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it stuck out a little bit, but they've been obviously awesome all year. Um, so do you play Hopkins this week? 8,200 against this pasty. Are you going to go there at all? My initial lineup had him, but that's wow. also because right. I couldn't afford Brown. Uh, okay. And then when I, you know, I took out Ingram and put in Collins, uh, you know, that allowed me to afford Brown and Ben. So, you know, I, I pivoted off of Hopkins. I, I just – you just never really want to have your guys go against Jacksonville, especially in Jacksonville. I know what the Seattle guys did, but do you really want to believe in TJ Yates running the scramble drill? Um, <laughs> I, de- I definitely don't. I, I don't. I don't think this game will be fun to watch, but if you could, like, just put a TV screen of ISOing Hopkins against Ram- Ramsey and Bouye, I think that would be, be a fun, uh, fun channel to watch right there. Yeah. I mean, obviously – it's a, you know, it's, it's an odds play where, you know, it's, it's a GPP play, but in my cash games now, uh, I'm, you know, I don't think he's discounted enough to do that. What about, uh, what about the Jacksonville offense? Obviously they're, they're big favorites in this game. So game flow might be an impact in the second half, especially in the passing game. Um, there's a couple of plays I really like on the Jacksonville offense, but I'll let you go first. Is there anybody that, uh, anybody on Jacksonville you're thinking you're playing this week? The Bortles. Really, you got to go huh? consider it. You do. I mean, you, you really look. He he's had three good games in a row. Last week was incredibly efficient. Uh, you know, actually, three good fantasy games. The Arizona game really wasn't a good game, but the rushing touchdowns made it. You know, and the rushing yards made it a good game. But you know, against Indy, he was very efficient. Against Seattle, really good game, over nine yards per target. Uh, and now he faces Houston, which is a bad pass defense. Uh, there's no way getting around that there. I, I actually think that this is probably lines up well. I mean, the, the only thing I've got a concern about is if they get, they jump out to a big lead, they may just, you know, go ground Chuck, even if Fournette's not playing in this one, or they're protecting, protecting Fournette. And you might see a lot of like Chris Ivory and uh, TJ Yeldon in this one. Yeah, I love uh, I love D.D. Westbrook at 5,700, probably my favorite uh, of the cheaper wide receiver plays. 
Uh, eight plus targets in the past three weeks. He's 17 catches for 200 yards and a touchdown in that span. He just kind of feels to me like he's a, he's about to have a blow up game. He had 78 and 81 yards the last two weeks. He very much passes the eye test. I watched him a lot at Oklahoma uh, when he played there. Clearly, Blake Bortles likes him. And, you know, they've thrown to him a lot as soon as he jumped in. I think he's way underpriced at 5,700. I think it's the last week we'll see him um, not, you know, in, in the 65 to 7,000 range. You like him better than Corey Coleman? I like him better than Corey Coleman, yes. Hmm. Uh, I have to revisit. Houston's given up some big wide receiver games. Five different wide receivers have had two touchdown games on them. They've given up some big blow-up games. They've allowed 28.2 Fanduel points per game to wide receivers, the seventh worst. The only issue I have with Didi is the second-half game flow. Like you mentioned, if, you know, if they do get up 14, 17, uh, they will hand the ball off a ton. But I think if they get up that quick, I think it's because Westbrook did something in the first half, too. Yeah, and suddenly there's multiple mouths to feed in the passing game. You know, Marquise when, Lee's when a did, When did that happen? Player. It's crazy. When did that happen? I don't know. Keenan Cole is actually – Keelan Cole is actually a reasonably good player too. You know, Lee always has banged up. Every Wednesday he's on the injury report and all that. So, And you run the risk of him not doing anything like he did against Arizona. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's interesting. You know, Westbrook is now all of a sudden a factor. Um, I, yeah. I, I could I could get behind that. I I may take your advice on this one here. Yeah, so I loved Leonard Fournette when I first uh, started prepping for this and kind of looking at the slate. Um, nice game script, ten point line, but then he didn't practice today with a quadricep injury. And now now maybe I worry that you know if they get up in the second half, maybe they just rest him because they obviously are going to the playoffs. They need him, but. I thought he finally looked healthy for the first time in like five or six weeks last week. I thought he looked really good against Seattle. Had some really good runs. He didn't break anything big, but 24 carries for 101 yards and a touchdown. And I just thought he he avoided contact well. He, he broke some tackles. I just thought he looked really good in that game. Yeah, he did. Um, so, yeah, I definitely can get behind that one there for sure. Um, I, you know, I, I just, you know, the, the, the injuries are the problem. And, again, it's not just even you know performance. It's like if they get out to the lead, let's protect him. So and, and Yeldon's okay, although he fumbled one time. Ivory, I'm just he's a fumbler. I I don't trust Ivory as far as I could throw him. Even if Fournette was like ruled out and they said Ivory is going to be the starter, I still wouldn't trust him. Uh, what about the Jacksonville defense? Crazy price. They're 5900 this week. Yeah. Um, they obviously, you know, going against Tom Savage, he plays. I don't think he's going to play based on everything that's happened there with the concussion and then putting him back in the game last week. It was not uh, not a good look for them. TJ Yates is obviously not going to do well. Um, Jacksonville gets a ton of sacks. They turn the ball over. They even return kicks pretty well. They had a punt return to the one-yard line last week. They seem to score almost every week. I just don't think I can pay 5900 for a defense. Yeah, I'm the same way which is why they'll probably be lower owned. If you can find ways to save up for them, sure, you get an advantage over the crowd. You do. I mean, they've been so highly played when they're, you know, 5,000, 5,100. But 5,900, I think a lot of people are going to say the same thing I just said and not play them. But you're right. That could be a, an interesting tournament play then. If they, if they, you know, if they score once or twice, suddenly they become really interesting. But uh, that's expensive. Yeah. yeah, and Houston's pass protection hasn't been as good as it was earlier in the season. Well, I shouldn't say it because he, they didn't have him all, all season. But Dwayne, that Dwayne Brown trade kind of indicated they weren't going to protect their passer. So, I mean, even though they never really had the benefit of having him anyhow. Um, and he's been pretty good for Seattle, Brown has too. So uh, I thought that was kind of interesting. They kind of gave up on pass protection at all. Yeah, the, I mean, the Niners had three sacks against them last week, which says enough right there. Tennessee had four the week before, and they, they had been kind of struggling with sacks up until the last couple of weeks. So, 
I think Jackson be really good. I just think there's other defenses I like more. But I, I imagine in my uh, in my GPP lineups, if I play five, I'm, I'm going to play Jackson at least in one of those, just in case they they really blow up. Yep. So moving to the afternoon games, we have a really good game at one o'clock. Uh, the Rams at Seattle. Uh, this is a huge game in the NFC West. Suddenly a division that uh, didn't look especially good early on in this season coming in, and we thought everybody thought Seattle. Maybe Arizona might sneak in there, but the Rams have obviously been you know, a big surprise. Seattle's fair by one and a half at home, over under a 48. Kind of one of those perfect game script games. You have a close spread, high over under. Could be a lot of fireworks. Uh, what do you like on the Rams side of the ball? Um, hard not to like Gurley. Yep. You have to pay for him, obviously. So, I mean, you have to have the budget to be able to afford him. But, my goodness, you're, you're, you're always getting a good share. You, you, you get that floor, and it's hard to hard to ignore that. Yeah, I love how much they use him in the red zone, too. Whenever they get inside the five, they pretty much hand him the ball over and over. Not a ton of, a ton of volume last week. He did score a couple times, made his day, but only 16 touches. But a lot of that gives game script. They were down like 21-7 early to Philadelphia. They had to try and catch up. Um, it's interesting, though. Five straight weeks under 20 carries for, for Gurley. I wonder if they've, uh, after a ton of carries early on in the year, if they, they kind of pulled back the reins a little bit on him. Yeah, it's possible. Um, and yet, the scoring's still there. It is. You know, he's still, he's still producing. Uh, although, he had his worst game of the season against the Seahawks earlier this year. However, the Seahawks might be uh, both Bobby Wagner and K.J. Wright are both questionable coming this week. That's yeah, one of those things exactly. that you've, you've got to check that on Saturday night, even Sunday morning, to see what their status is. If those guys don't play... That's a huge loss for the middle of that defense. Already missing Cam Chancellor kind of coming up and stopping the run. Yeah, but the Rams also have a key injury, too, and that's Andrew Whitworth. Um, and we got to see what his status is going in, too, because, you know, that was such a good acquisition for them. It's made such a big difference. More in the passing game probably than the running game, I guess. But it's still, you know, if, you got to watch him pretty closely, too. Did you see Did you see Jared Goff's tweet to him this morning? No, I did not. What it, What was it? He wished him. Uh, he said a bunch of good things about him, and then he wished him wished him a happy forty fifth birthday. I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, you know, what's in a practice? Yeah, yeah. He's actually obviously thirty five, but about eighty percent of the people responded saying he's not really forty five. Just completely missed the jokes, which which kind of made it even more funny. Yes, of course. Uh, Twitter's great for uh, <laughs> a great repository for missed jokes. What about uh, what about golf this week? Uh, multiple touchdowns the last couple of weeks, but under 225 yards in each game. Uh, not really racking up. He will get Robert Woods back, who was on fire when he got hurt. Um, not you know, nice game flow, close spread like we said, strong over under like we said. No Sherman, no Camp Chancellor. Um, Seattle's struggling with the pasty. They had allowed 268 yards to Blake Bortles, 348 to Carson Wentz the last uh, last two weeks before that. Um, I don't know. I kind of like golf at 7,600 as I, as I looked more into games and more into quarterbacks, uh, he and Keenan were kind of the guys in the middle seven thousands that I liked. Yeah. Um, I could see that. I could definitely see that. I, I definitely want him in season long. Uh, I don't know about, uh, DFS. It's a little tougher, uh, just because, you know, there's so many good quarterback options this week, high and low, um, that yeah. it's tough to pay the middle tier guy. That's all. Yeah, I like Keenum a little bit better. I do too. I think I just, I, I just always worry a little bit at Seattle. The games tend to get a little weird there. Sometimes the crowd is obviously nuts. And even though Seattle has all the injuries, that's, that's still a tough place to play. Um, 
What about the Rams receivers? Or, uh, you know, it could be tough with Robert Woods back to kind of figure out who's going to get the share. Cooper Cup's obviously been really good lately, especially the last four weeks. Uh, anybody on the Rams uh, pass catchers that you might be playing this week? Yeah, I might still play Watkins. Um, I'll play him in my season long. I probably won't play him in DFS. I won't play him on Fable. Uh, because... Still with Sammy Watkins, huh? Dude, I can't quit him. <laughs> hey, you, you know what? He scored the last three weeks. I know, Just I know. It's, it's, six. It's it's crazy how, how how often he scores for considering his lack of targets. It's just uh, he always seems to get one in the end zone, which obviously you know makes his day. But um, Seattle's uh, you know they gave up ninety nine yards and eighty one to to Keelan Cole and Dede Westbrook last week, one hundred forty one yards to Nelson Aguilar the week before that, and uh, you know it's uh, they've been giving up passing yards. It's just it's hard to figure out for me uh, which Rams receiver is going to be the beneficiary of that. Right, and some sometimes you just you don't have to pair him with the quarterback. But it's sure. also one of the reasons why I probably won't go on that side of the ball. I mean, you just, I mean, you're giving up, you know, by not, by ignoring a team, I mean, you're giving up a lot potentially to the field, but I, I feel like it's not the safe way to invest, at least this week. What about Seattle? Obviously, Russell Wilson is freaking insane right now. He looked so bad early against Jacksonville. It looked like he was finally going to have a rough game, and all of a sudden blows up in the fourth quarter, ends up with 270 yards, three touchdowns, and 50 yards rushing. Great game script in this one. We've already hit that. Three touchdowns uh, for him in each of the last four games. He's actually uh, on pace right now. He has a legit chance to be a top 10 all-time fantasy quarterback season. It's crazy. And considering – it's like the same script as every year. He struggles early because the offensive line is so terrible, and then he he gets used to it, and he turns it around. And, you, you know, you get by the first couple of weeks, and then after that, you know, you, you're fine. Uh, so, yeah, he, he has been amazing. So you look at him, and, yeah, of course, you, you know, he, he's definitely an option. You have to pay up for him, 8400 But you, here's the thing. The, even if they are 10-point favorites, they're never running the ball. That's the thing that's so beautiful about them. They're it's running. Beautiful. They're running games so so trash. They, they never use a running back at the goal line. It's it's such a beautiful thing, and that segues into though who I am definitely using for Seattle this week, and he is last year last week's goose egg. It's Jimmy Graham. I'm all over Jimmy Graham this week. The Rams gave up three tight end touchdowns last week to Burton and Selleck. You know, I, I think that they're vulnerable there. Graham at home is better than Graham on the road. They're going to want to get him involved early after. They even said kind of like, well, we made a mistake by not getting him involved early. They're going to feed him this week. I, I, I feel like this is a really good week, and he's going to be like Jordan Howard last week. is the guy that everyone's kind of shying away from because they got burned by him, but he's got a great matchup this week. I, I you got to use him, I think. Yeah, you just you put together an excellent case there. I hadn't uh, I hadn't uh, decided on Graham the goose egg last week uh, worried me a little bit, but nine touchdowns the last nine games. It's weird he's had that stretch, but still doesn't have over sixty yards in that stretch. He had no big yards games, but they use him so much in the red zone. Uh, really good point on the Rams giving up those three touchdowns to the tight ends last week. Um, he's super TD reliant, but he's a guy that they use a ton in the red zone. Sixty seven hundred. He's priced up enough where his percentage is not going to be super high too. Uh, that's an interesting play. I, I think he sold me on that one. Well, good. It's my fault if it blows up. There you go. I, I'm used to Vlad blaming me for stuff, so that's it's nice to get, the, get go the other way sometimes. Yeah, there you go. What about uh, what about Mike Davis? 5,800 actually looked pretty good last week. 
Obviously, he came out early. He had that rib injury. Sounds like he's going to play. He partially participated in today's practice. Sounds like he's going to be good to go. He's another guy, though. He kind of looked good with the eye test. He only 15 carries for 66 yards, but was uh, was running the ball hard, running the ball strong. I just wonder, with this offense, uh, you know, the offensive line is not great, although a little bit better. You mentioned Dwayne Brown, Brown is there. But it's so much about the Russell Wilson show. I just wonder if he'll get enough volume. But 5,800, if he gets 15 carries, that might be enough. He's had... 7, 12.1, and 6.9 uh, FanDuel points in those three games where he's looked good. There's just such a low ceiling with him. There is. You're I, right. there I, is. I can't see him having that blow-up game. You know, I can't. I, can't, I, just, I, I just don't see it. So, no, I'm not going to be on him. Yeah, I just think that the way their offense runs, it's hard for a running back unless you get a weird situation. A running back, like you said, to really go off. Uh, what about Doug Baldwin? Uh, he really struggled early last week and then made his game with his fourth quarter touchdown. Still has 84 and 78 yards the last two weeks. Uh, the Rams have allowed, allowed 98 or more yards to wide receiver in four of the last five weeks. So they've been they've been getting thrashed a little bit by wide receivers. Uh, if you play uh, you play Wilson, or even if you don't, is Baldwin at 7100 someone you're going to? I think that you can definitely look into that one there. 7100 that's cheap for him. It is. Uh, I, I, li- I like him this week a lot. Yeah, I do too. I mean, again, he hasn't had a huge game in a long time. But, it's yeah, I, I, I think if you, if you like the game flow in this game, if you want to be involved, if you want to have pieces of the action in this one, why not go to his favorite receiver? Sure, of course. So one other game before we get to the the big New England-Pittsburgh game. We've got the Tennessee Titans headed to San Francisco to face my 49ers, home of the best quarterback in the NFL, Jimmy Garoppolo. What say you on this game? He's a good quarterback. <laughs> um, he's not that cheap anymore at 7,300. But at the same time, it's not, a, it's, not, it's not a bad place price point either, though. Um, hundred cheaper than Bortles, more expensive than Taylor and Dalton. I, you know, I don't like anybody beneath him pretty much except for Foles at 6,000. I mean, it, I think it, he's as cheap as it gets as I'm willing to go without just paying for, uh, pay, you know, just going all the way down to Foles. But, you know, you know, I, I think the lack of touchdowns are kind of fluky. I'm not really that worried that he hasn't converted things into touchdowns yet. Uh, but it has limited his upside. It's kind of, and may, I think there'll be very low ownership of him this week. Tennessee's got a pretty good pass rush. That's a slight concern. But what I really like about Garoppolo is he 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 involves the receivers. He's a good combo with Goodwin. Uh, I I think he's that 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 hookup could be a really good GPP play. Yeah, I think so too. I wish at seventy three hundred. I just wish he had a few more weapons. You know, after Goodwin, he's got a lot of just kind of okay guys. You know. Trent Taylor's an okay slot guy, and he's got a couple okay tight ends. But I just wish he had more guys I felt could, you know, take a good pass and go to the house with it. I just – at 7,300, I just uh, I just don't think he has enough weapons for me to play him. Um, he's played really well, though. I tell you what, I've watched both those games. Obviously, he's a 49ers fan, and he, he's, he legit has looked good. You know, take away the touchdowns or the passing yards, whatever you want to look at. He just looks like he knows how to play quarterback, which I haven't seen in San Francisco in a while. Everyone's trying to make Trent Taylor the next Cooper Cup. It's, it's cute. <laughs> It it's is. all about the deceptive speed. It really it, is. Uh, deceptive speed is is fantastic. Let's turn him into the next Ju- Julian Edelman. I'm good with that. Yeah. God, everybody does that. 
They do. What if, so what about Marquise Goodwin? You mentioned him. He finally is up in price a little bit. He's up to 6,600. Um, doing really well with Garoppolo. 20 targets in two weeks. He's one of those guys that he's always been a boomer bust potential guy. He can make a big plays. Obviously, an Olympic-level sprinter. He's super fast. But if you take that boom potential and you add the big targets in there, that's that becomes suddenly a really good spot. It does. It does indeed. Um, yeah, I... I I can get behind this one for sure. Um, I, I definitely could sign up on that one there. So yeah, I, I, that's something I'm looking at. Um, I, you know, right now, for instance, I've got if I I have Thielen at 7600, but he's a little banged up in practice. I, I mean, I love Thielen against the Bengals if he's healthy, but he that could be a pivot, and I could afford an expensive quarterback or expensive something else here or there. Absolutely, I could see that working. Anybody on the uh, the Tennessee side of the ball you like? Uh, the Niners defense is playing a little bit better, but obviously, uh, you know, someone that you can still get at. Uh, if I were to go on the side, it's probably Rashard Matthews or Delaney Walker for me. I don't trust the the running back split there. You know, Derrick Henry, 13 snaps and eight carries last week. I, every time I think he's going to take over, he kind of goes the opposite way. So it's so funny. Uh, Mike Malarkey after the game last week was like, well, DeMarco Murray's performance, 11 for 34, cemented his status as the starter. 11 for 34, that's three <laughs> yards a carry. He goes, well, it's accounting for a tough matchup against Arizona. Okay, whatever. I mean, just, he's, uh, no. He's, I, not, he's not coaching there next year, right? I don't see how he can. Mariota's been no. terrible, too. He has been that's, bad. That's good. It's, just, it's just not fun to watch. Um, yeah, I, I, that one's a tough one for me. Um, I, I, I could see, you know, I, I could see definitely that, that, that one not working out. I could see, I think the Niners are going to win this game. Uh, I think I flat do out too, actually, gonna... I thought they were going to win last week and they, they played well. Uh, the one guy I do, I do like Delaney Walker at 6,500. Just the, the floor is especially nice. It, it, really good cash game play for me. If I don't go with Gronk, I need to save some money. Um, you know, he's a little quiet last week, five, only 42 yards, but he's just a rock solid five plus catches or 60 plus yards in six of his last seven. That's, that's nice for a tight end. You don't get that level of consistency from a tight end often. No, you don't. I will say the, the guy I like in this game, kicker research, my man, oh, Robbie gold, nice. 4,500. He is good. 30 he for is, 32 this good. year. Yeah. And he, uh, he had he, five field goals two weeks ago and, uh, he's been kicking the ball really well right now. Four last week, he's at home in a matchup where I think they're going to do well. He's min priced. Min priced is a home favorite. Give me that. That that. Yeah. If you you know, don't be too clever about it. Just plug him in. Say you know, go spend money elsewhere. I like that too. And they're, and they're moving the ball, but you know, the red zone, the red zone stuff. I, I agree with you. That the touchdown passes are a little fluky on Garoppolo, but the red zone stuff is real. You know, Carlos Hyde is. He's been playing all right, but once he gets in the red zone, you know, not quite uh, that guy you want to you want to score for you. And they just struggling a little bit. They don't have that big red zone target. So, I mean, I think that the getting stopped in the red zone is a real thing for them. It might be. It might very well be. So, last game of the day is obviously the big one. We saved the best for last. Uh, New England headed to Pittsburgh. Uh, Patriots, a two-and-a-half-point road favorite, over under a 53-and-a-half. Obviously, the game of the day. This game, everybody's going to be watching. Everybody's going to be stacking this game in DFS. Uh, starting with the New England side of the ball, uh, that was a weird game on Monday night. Tom Brady looked legitimately bad. It was it was weird. I've never I haven't seen that in a while. It's almost as if he didn't have his favorite receiver. Yeah, that matters. I, I think that's entirely it. I, I, you know, we've seen other times when he's been Gronkless, and it they're a completely different offense. 
completely so, uh, different offense. So what do you do with him? He's he's eighty eight hundred. Are you uh, are you jumping back in with no with no issues? Yeah, was, she, you know Pittsburgh's defense is hurting. No oh, Shazier yeah, is a huge, 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 huge miss. Yeah. Uh, they have other guys hurting too. And, you know Hayden hasn't been playing, and you know that you want to check on Hayden's status going in, but the, their their pass defense is really bad without him. Yeah, and it's a perfect game script. You like that, you know, small, uh, like we said, small spread, huge over-under. Um, I think it's time to go back in on Brady. Do you do you worry about Do you think he's hurt at all? There's a lot of people that are talking about his Achilles and how he's limping around a little bit. Does that worry you at all? Not not enough, not that much. I think it's a great week to use Brady. In fact, I I think you want to, you know, I, I, might, I think I'm going to reverse course on my rankings and put Brady back ahead of Ben. I, originally, I had Ben ahead of him, but... I actually think the Pats defense, pass defense is actually kind of legit, and I think this is this is going to be setting up. Uh, this is like it means, this game means everything to New England. Um, it's just they're they're. I, I think it's really a, it's a pretty good setup for them here. I, I want to definitely use Brady. Yeah, Brady's got one touchdown in the last two weeks. Kind of a perfect time to use it. You got to think that they're going to have some pissed off practices this week. So if you go with Brady, uh, you know Gronkowski's obviously the interesting one. Eighty five hundred. Uh, back off the suspension. Uh, Pittsburgh has been the best team in the NFL against defense against tight ends all year long, but no Ryan Shazier plays a pretty big impact in them stopping the tight end. Yeah, and they've they've faced some pretty bad quarterbacks and tight ends all year too. Keep in mind, Pittsburgh's schedule has been really kind of weird about how how lucky they've been in facing you know bad quarterbacks or quarterbacks in bad situations. So, and in fact, if you you go look at their game log, it just over the course of the season. You know, at Cleveland, Kaiser's first start. They had Keenum's first start after, uh, you know, Bradford was practicing, taking half the snaps all week long in that one there. So they kind of threw Keenum to the Wolves. You had Glennon for Chicago. You didn't have Trubitsky. I mean, you had bad Flacco when he was still hurting. I mean, you you just go up, you go down the list here, and they, they faced a lot of bad quarterbacks. Yeah, I like New England a lot. What about uh, Brandon Cooks? Probably my favorite uh, receiver this week, 7,400. Um, Xavier Howard really played him well on Monday night. He had seven targets, but only one catch, and it was late for 38 yards. Back-to-back rough games. He was two for 17 the week before. I kind of love him this week for a, for a bounce back after two really bad games. I love a good receiver in that kind of spot. For sure. I just can't quit Cooks. I mean, I, it, yeah, um, I, I'm a Cooks apologist. I've got him a lot of places. So, yeah, that would that would be, yeah, for sure. It's someone I could get behind wanting to use for sure. Yeah, and Pittsburgh secondary has been giving up some big plays, a lot of splash plays, eight touchdowns to wide receivers the last five weeks. Um, I think I pair Cooks with Brady and uh, probably go a little bit cheaper at tight end, but hard not to hard not to like Gronk every week, especially in a week when Kelsey's not in the slate. Yeah, exactly. So I can't afford it all, but I, nope. I think you know I could do I could sub out Jimmy Graham and put Delaney Walker in and make Cooks Brady work pretty well and keep Antonio Brown in there still. I'm leaning towards that as my lineup. I've, you know, the, the only problem about doing this podcast with you, Scott, is you know I'm learning a lot. But I, I now I want to do like 17 lineups, and so I know, that's that's, that's, that's always my problem too. And uh, and, and then on Monday you're going to yell at me when a guy doesn't do well, and it's going to be my fault, and that's the problem also. Yeah, I, I should have like saved this initial lineup and then done a new brand new one, but oh well. Uh, at least I I, I have some. You know, at least I, I can I know the path to get there now. I know what my pivots are, so there's there's value in that. So Antonio Brown has obviously been under just absurd lately. 100 yards in each of the last four games, eight times total. He had 213 last week, 
Do you buy into the into the Bill Belichick will do everything he can to shut down Antonio Brown kind of thing? Do you think that that's an issue at all this week, or do you think that Brown's just so good that doesn't really matter? Well, I, I do buy into it a little bit, but okay. Do you do you focus on Brown or Bell? I mean, that's the thing that Pittsburgh provides that nobody else does. Uh, if it's me, I focus on Brown because I still don't think Le'Veon Bell's been all that efficient all year. It's more more of a volume guy to me than an efficient guy, but. You know, Antonio Brown has 275 more receiving yards than anybody else in the NFL. He has 11 catches more than anybody else in the NFL. 58 targets the last four weeks. Double-digit car- targets in every week but one. Uh, just an unbelievable fantasy season for, for A.B. Yeah. I'll say this. The the argument in favor of fading him is he's so expensive. Right. 9,300 um, this week. Yeah. You know, he, only Bell, but Bell's 100 more than him. <laughs> I mean, that's the funny thing. Uh I think that the fact that, you know, the, the idea that maybe some people are fading him because of the price works in your favor a little bit. Maybe that's why he won't be overly owned. I don't know. Then again, highest over under and the best player in the game right now. It's, it's tough. Um, I'm and using him now. It's the, it's the late afternoon games, uh, you know, slate. That's Those are the late games on this one because there's no Sunday night game. Everybody's going to want a piece of this game. So I think you have a lot of lineups with Brown or Bell. It's, it's, it's hard to get both of them, and I don't know if that really is what you want anyway. But – uh, I got to think you got a lot of lineups with with at least one of those guys in there. Yeah, so right now I have a Brady Cooks Brown lineup in there. Well, and I uh, I have lots of pivots from that, but I can do a lot of things from there. So what about Le'Veon Bell? Obviously, the, the key with him is the volume is just insane. I mean, he played 80 snaps last week. That's just ridiculous. Three touchdowns, but still only 13 for 48 in rushing, but he had nine catches. He has nine, nine, and 12 catches, three of those in the last four games. That's crazy for a running back. It's just, it's it's, it's wild how they use him. And that there's explained, you know, obviously it explains his price too. I mean, right. the fact is the floor right. is just so ridiculously high with him. I mean, the odds of him getting a 20-plus point game are great. I mean, you know, what's what's how many points do you need for him to justify a $9,400 salary, though? Yeah, probably, uh, you know, 20, 23 to 26 right in there somewhere. Yeah, that's that's what I was thinking, too. Uh, but his last three games, 35, 26.7, 22.3, any one of those last three games, you're fine. Yeah, I mean, when you get that amount of catches, even even Fandle's only half point PPR, but it's still just. I mean, you get you get twelve catches. That's like a touchdown right there. So it's it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Patriots have allowed six hundred ninety one receiving yards to running backs, second highest in the NFL, which makes a lot of sense. I think that you know the, the linebackers is kind of the, the spot where New England struggled most of the year, and that's the guys that are trying to stop those dump offs and screens. But uh, I just think it's Bell is the volume. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna pay, you're gonna get a ton of volume. I, I wish he was a little more efficient. I wish I he looked better, but. When you play, when you get that many touches in that offense, it's it's hard not to like him. Is anybody talking about his uh, holdout any longer? Uh, I was for like the first six weeks, and I've kind of shut up about that myself. Oh, really? You were one of those guys, okay? I, I, I think it, I think it affected. I think it. I didn't mean to make you try to put you down, but sorry oh, no, about that. It's, uh, no, it's true. I, I think it affected him early, but uh, he clearly is. Uh, if anything, he's more fresh for it now, which is uh, which is helping. Yeah, it's true. It is true, and I just think, like, yeah, I mean, he's such a unique player. He is. I, I was, I'm always kind of in favor of the players in these situations. I think that the NFL, in particular, is such a heinous organization when it comes to treating their players and giving them full value because the, you know you rarely get the, the, the guaranteed contracts. You rarely get a pl- guy that's worth play with his worth, and then you look at a guy and you look at the position of running back, 
and how short careers typically are and the beating that they take and the volume that Bell in particular takes, pay him all the monies. I mean, just pay him. Yeah. What about anybody else on the on the Pittsburgh offense you like? Uh, Juju Smith coming back off the suspension, anything like that? I kind of like him. Um, I don't like Martavis. Oh, God. Uh, I, I finally quit him, too. Yeah. Um, List sends me lineups every week that he thinks are good, and they, they always have Martavis and Gordon and <laughs> guys like that. And okay, great. Um, so yeah, that that's that's always uh, you know when we you know that, that we we try to chew it over and see what what works. But uh, I don't like that. I I think that uh, you know quietly, I think maybe looking at the Pats running backs, if you could figure out which guy is the guy to get this week. I think that they'll be effective without Shazier. I think maybe Burkhead might be a, a reasonably decent start. Yeah, he's just so he's so touchdown and reliant, but he's also he you know PPR helps him there. He get a half point. Did catch five balls last week, but only 10 touches. I just uh, I it's just so hard to figure out what to do with those running backs. You either you either hit on the right one or you get uh, you know you get so few touches you don't get anything. I like Deion Lewis more as a player, but I just I I have trouble in that mid range, not going to, uh, you know, not going to Alex Collins or Kenyon Drake instead. Exactly. Exactly. Right. I, I agree with you on that assessment there. Um, and the la- it's game flow dependent last week. They were playing from behind. So James white got most of the snaps because yep. it didn't matter. They're camouflaging that they had to throw the ball because they had to throw the ball. So might as well get white out there. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I, I think that makes it really tough. And, but I, I do think without Shazier, someone's going to benefit from that. Maybe it's Grunt. Maybe it's the running backs. Maybe it's Cooks. I don't know who it is. It's going to totally benefit the most, but that's a big factor. Last guy to ask you about in this game, 5,200 at tight end, coming off a game where he had 12 targets. Vance McDonald did yeah. not practice today. What about uh, the outlaw Jesse James? <sighs> it's he, he, Yeah, he, he's interesting. I just think it's trying to time the mark with him is so tough. It is. Um, I mean, there's so many so many low yardage games where he needs the touchdown, but that was a that was an interesting game last week. But you know, weird game because they had to, they threw the ball like sixty something times. So uh, you know, the twelve targets you kind of you realize that uh, it was because of those insane amount of throws. But I don't know with no Vance McDonald, he's a little bit interesting at a low price. But I think there's probably uh, I could probably use the money elsewhere at tight end. Uh, but he might be interesting if I needed if I need an almost min price guy at fifty two hundred. Sure, one target the week before, four the week before that though. Just, yeah. <laughs> The, the, uh, ga- I, the game, the game log's not pretty. No, and so looking at if you want to look at other uh, tight ends uh, in that range, I want to see what Garrett Selleck's knee is like. But I, I think I prefer him. I think I prefer Steven Anderson. Um, it's pretty ugly down there, though. Uh, is I thought there'd be copious options, but they're not. Tight ends just just this quagmire. Every yeah, once in a while, you hit on a Trey Burton, you feel pretty proud of yourself, and then you realize you just got lucky. Yeah, or you played Steven Anderson last week, who did the opposite of Trey Burton. That was a that was an interesting. Both guys at forty five hundred. One one went off and one did zero. So it was interesting. So I picked up both those guys in stake, and I started the right one. That was minor miracle. I was waiting to find I was, out more. Uh, you outbid me by a dollar on Trey Burton. I was not pleased with uh, getting it in David Nujoku instead. Yeah, what a joke. <laughs> so real quick, quick rack, real quick recap, just so we can kind of uh, put a bow on this. Uh, at quarterback, uh, if you had to pick your favorite value quarterback, who would that be? Value? Uh, Keenum. Cheap, yeah, I'm a, full. I'm in the same boat. I'm in the same boat on Keenum. Uh, I'm a big fade on Cam Newton this week. I think I'm kind of alone on that one. Every uh, 
I, I've looked at a lot of sites where he's a he's a top three to top five quarterback. I, I haven't looked where you ranked him yet. Where did you put him? I am not a fade on Cam. I have him at seven. Yeah, so that's that's not super high though. I've seen a, I've seen a lot of rankings with him a lot higher. I think I'm lowest on him this week, and uh, that could hurt against the Green Bay D. But uh, I just uh, I don't trust the passing yards as as a base, and I, I just worry about his upside. For sure, I I can appreciate that. What about a running back? If you had to pick uh, one guy to go with uh, on kind of the top end, is there anybody that uh, that you really like more than most? Um, I I, I think I like Ingram. I think uh, I I I think I'd pay up if I'm gonna pay up for a back. It's probably Ingram or McCoy. Um, I think those are the two I'd probably pay up for the most. Uh, but I, I love the middle so much. I mean, Kenyon Drake's my number six running back overall. I'm gonna be using him almost certainly. I think that's a really good point. I mean, there's just weeks where, you know, you, you don't have to play a, a guy a certain spot. You know, if you want to save some money and go, you know, a lot of uh, Antonio Brown and a couple other big receivers, it's a, it's a good week to do that. I think that Kenyon Drake and Alex Collins could work really well together. Yep. That, that, I think that's my lineup right now. Anybody you're fading at uh, running back that, uh, that might be popular that you don't want any part of? Um, oh, any part of uh... – yeah, Fournette. I'll throw Fournette out there. I think people are going to love the game flow, but Houston's actually pretty decent against running backs, and he's banged up, and they might just sit him. Uh, so I don't. I won't pay up for him. Yeah, mine's Jamal Williams. I, I don't love what I've seen. He's looked good at the yeah. goal line, but I, just not explosive enough, and I think A-Rod's going to throw the ball a lot more than, than they did with Hundley. Uh, wide receiver, my favorite play is Brandon Cooks. I like Adam Thielen and, and Marquise Goodwin kind of in the in more of a little mid-range. Uh, who are your favorite guys there? Yeah, well, I want to see about Thielen's health, but I like him a lot. Um, I you know I like Goodwin a lot. Um, I, I Westbrook, you've convinced me on, and I'm going to pay up for Brown. Uh, I think that I feel like you know yes, the Pats are a threat to take away, uh, but I feel like I'd rather pay up for him than pay up for Hopkins, even though that's kind of you know. I, I faded uh, Hopkins at my peril earlier, but uh, you know, I, I, you know, my my pure easy un you know without a doubt fade is Robbie Anderson at seventy eight hundred, the fourth most expensive wide receiver. AJ Green is an also easy fade at seventy seven hundred, and drawing Xavier Rhodes, uh, I, I think that's you know I think those are two easy 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 fades. Yeah, Robbie Anderson was an easy one for me too. I also Jordy Nelson's a fade for me. Bumping him up 1300 because Rodgers is back. Uh, I'm not totally buying in on that. Um, I need to see a little bit from Jordy. I think he's just kind of looked bad. I don't think that throwing Rodgers there suddenly makes him a, a top 10 receiver all of a sudden. So I'm uh, I'm going to go away from Nelson. Yeah, I, I can't justify paying 72 for Nelson when Baldwin's 71. Yeah, um, on, and, on the same page there. Yeah, and Adams at 73, I'd rather t- pay for than Nelson anyhow. If I'm going to pay up for a Green Bay receiver, it's Adams. My uh, my favorite tight ends are, are Gronk and Delaney Walker. Those are probably where I'm going to be going in most of my lineups. If I go cheap, it's probably going to be Jesse James, but uh, I don't love the game log, especially as we kind of looked at it a little bit closer. Uh, I assume your favorite is Jimmy Graham? It is. and I like uh, Graham, Walker, and, or pay for Gronk. Just pay all the way up. Um, and uh, It's to Gronk or not to Gronk is like almost like a question you have to ask right away. Because it yeah, affects when you, everything when you, else. When you build that lineup, you kind of have to start with whether you're playing an $8,500 tight end or not, and you kind of have to build from there. Um, yeah, I usually start my lineups with, with that question too. Uh, defense, I think our favorite defense is uh, both of us are the Saints. Is anybody that kind of on the sneaky low percentage side you like uh, if you do pivot away from New Orleans? 
you know, let's take a look here. I think that's always a good a good discussion. Uh, you know, yeah, you know, um, I'm trying to think. I, I would think maybe getting behind the Redskins at home might not be the worst thing in the world against Gogo Gabbert. Uh, I, I could I could definitely see that. I think I think your Niners actually Mariota's been trash. He's been Just, bad. He's really bad. Uh, I, I could, he, he's hobbled too. You know, he, he's going to play, but he's less than a hundred percent. Uh, he was limited in practice and he's got multiple injuries. They say he may need uh, some cleanup work on his fibula. I, to me, that sounds like an opportunity. I don't know if you're, you really need to shave a couple of bucks to fit in that tight end. Why not go down that way? Yeah. If I, if I, on laps, I don't play new Orleans. I think it's going to be Baltimore for me facing Kaiser and then a little bit of the the Eagles defense, maybe kind of stepping up with uh, with Carson Wentz out doing doing their part at forty seven hundred um, with Eli Manning throwing them the ball a couple times. Yeah, none of those, but none of those are, are saving you money over New Orleans, and that's the problem. Nope. They're more just a, a pivot away in tournament for percentage purposes, mostly. Right, right. Yeah. As opposed to banking and savings. I mean, New Orleans is forty six. I mean, it's cheap as it gets. So it's uh, they're way too cheap. I was I was surprised by that. I thought, I thought they'd be about fifty. 5,000 or 5,100, something like that. But uh, it's, uh, I, li- I love them in that game. I'm going to be playing a lot of them. But in the, in the lineups, I do move away. It'll probably be Philly or Baltimore. All right. Anybody else you want to talk about? Anything else that uh, is on your mind? No, I think I'm pretty good. I'm talked out. Good. Well, I appreciate uh, you appreciate you joining on. It was fun to chat. We haven't talked uh, a ton since baseball season, so thanks for filling in. I know that uh, Vlad appreciates that too. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening to the RotoWire NFL DFS podcast sponsored by FanDuel uh, Week 15. Crazy, the season's almost over. Good luck to everybody this week. And, again, follow us on Twitter. We'll probably uh, hit some late thoughts on the week as injuries and stuff kind of uh, clarify some situations. We'll probably have a few more plays that come out there. Other than that, hope everybody has a good week and make some money this week. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.